This podcast contains themes of abuse and trauma. Hey guys, welcome to the seventh episode of the Connected by Stories podcast. I am your host, Tolwell, and today I've been joined by Aisha as she shares with us her experiences with sexual abuse. All right, thank you, Aisha, for joining me on the podcast today. Not a problem. It's a pleasure to have you here. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) As you know, we're just going to be talking about, you know, your experience with sexual assault, sexual abuse. And as usual, we're going to start from, you know, the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And can you just talk to us about what your childhood was like? Um, I had a pretty decent upbringing. Um, I think like every other family, there were some ups and downs, of course. But yeah, it was it was good. It was good. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. And what was the relationship like between you know you and your parents? Like growing up, or now as well? Growing up, um, it was it was all right. Like, I mean, when I was a teenager, it was a bit more difficult. But I think that was just the normal teenage phase that everyone seems to yeah. go through. But um, yeah. Yeah, I know. I I think it was it was all right. Like my parents, I know. Like obviously, in the moment, then I was a teenager and stubborn. But like looking back, I know that they did what they could for me. Yeah, and what was their relationship like? Their relationship. Yeah, the relationship between the both of them. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but like they're still together. They're still they still very much love each other. Like, that's good yeah. <laughs> yeah now awesome thanks for sharing that with us and i'm just fast forwarding a little bit can you then talk to us about the first time that you were sexually assaulted first time sexually assaulted yeah i mean i think i was more harassed the first time i was 11 and i got followed by this way older guy um but like yeah i think it only really started when i was in 20 i think 2016 yeah it's it, it, it's i've kind of blocked out a lot of it so it's i'm having to recall quite a bit <laughs> but yeah, yeah 2016 i think that's when it really was bad and that was when i was in like my relationship for three years and can you speak to us about that the relationship yeah so the relationship and you know how that relationship started and then you know when it when the whole sexual abuse then started and how it started. So I had a friend who was dating this guy and it was his birthday and my ex was a friend of this guy as well and we met on a night out and yeah, we just started hanging out a little more, started dating. Um I was very much happy in the beginning. Uh but then I found out why well, I saw some texts on his phone from his girlfriend and I discovered he was cheating. Um, but then he completely gaslit me and told me that they were old messages. And I somehow managed to convince myself that like they weren't real because I, I didn't pay attention to when they were sent or whatever. And yeah, yeah so there was, there was a lot of, gaslighting um the cheating continued 
there was a lot of like emotional abuse as well. Um, had me convinced that the stuff that I was going, that my mental health was also deteriorating while all of this was happening. And it got to a point where I was self-harming. And when he discovered this, he told me that I was using it as a way to keep him in the relationship and manipulate him, which wasn't true at all. Um, I think I just very much needed help. But uh, yeah, and then whenever I try to leave, he would manipulate me into staying because, well, by using like his health against me. So like whenever I'd leave, he'd, he'd always call me and be like, yo, I'm in the hospital. But I'd end up feeling bad and would come back to try to take care of him. Um, and then it became more sexually abusive by like forcing me to have sex when I didn't want to have sex. Um, forcing himself on me but then just giving in because it was easier than having a fight and yeah just choosing to do what he wants just so that I wouldn't have to be fighting with him and like being told that I would be prettier if I'd lost weight and yeah it was just it was it was really really toxic so that would be the first time I really remembered all right so you did say that um when you know you were self-harming and all of that he would say that you were trying to manipulate him to stay in the relationship but then at the same time when you try to leave the relationship he then brought up like you know he tried to use his hospital situation and all of that that he would come up with to get you to stay so i guess the question i wanted to ask was did he actually want to leave the relationship or did he want you to stay? Because yeah, he sounds pretty confused. I think the moments he wanted to leave were moments when he felt like I was too much of a burden. And then the moments when he wanted me to stay, I think he, he did want me to stay like, but I, I don't know if it was for his own. I mean, I guess it's for his own selfish reasons as well. I mean, because he didn't really consider the effect he had on me, but no, I I don't I I, I can't one hundred percent say if he wanted to leave, like regardless of like what was going on with me or yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And you said that um when the, at the start of the relationship, you know, you discovered those messages on his phone where when you f- first found out about the whole cheating thing. Mm-hmm. How long into the relationship was that? I want to say four months. I think one of the things that I, yeah, one of the things I'm like working through is, is choosing not to ignore the things that like don't sit well with me. Like even if I wasn't sure about when those messages had sent like the fact that it made me feel some type of way I should have listened to how I felt. Yeah. But I, I chose to go with the part that made me feel happy. And you said that after that, the, you know, the cheating continued, were there also other instances where you found out about this as well? Uh, yeah. The first one that comes to mind is me walking in <laughs> on him in bed with someone else. Oh, wow. Um, he was supposed to leave that day to go home for the break. And I came early to surprise him. Um, and I jumped on the bed. He was still asleep. He never locked his door. 
for some reason. Um, and there was someone under the blankets. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And what happened after that? We hadn't seen each other for a while. Kept explaining to himself. Some of his excuses were based off the fact that his father was also, he his father had cheated a lot. And he kind of used that as an excuse. What do you mean he used that as an excuse? Like he, he, he kind of, he grew up with that. He learned that from his his dad like he found out that his dad had been cheating on his mother for years after his mother had passed away and like he also kept using his mother's death um to kind of keep me feeling sorry for him and like forgiving him and like I obviously understood like his mother had passed away a year and a half before we started dating like I know some people like process these kind of things at different rates which is totally understandable but I don't know. You, there's only so much you can use that to excuse yeah. behavior and stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I guess that links into, you know, you saying, talking about how there was a lot of emotional abuse. And um, in terms of, you know, after the first time, like you did give examples of, um, you know, in terms of the sexual abuse, he would, you know, force you to have sex when he didn't want to or like force himself on you. Were there like many instances of this throughout your relationship? There were quite a few. Um, it was just one instance, but like I managed to block out quite a lot of the bad stuff. So it's, it's a bit difficult for me to try recalling a lot of the memories just simply because it was, it was a pretty traumatic time for me. I was not myself at, by the time I finally left relationship. I don't think I came out of that relationship with anything left from my previous self. Hmm. And um, before we, you know, talk about that and talking about you living, while all this was happening, did you have anyone that you could, you know, talk to about what was going on and anyone that was supporting you? Like I, I did have some really close friends, um, but I think it was, it was more about the fact that I, well, firstly felt, really embarrassed that I still continue to stay. And like some of my friends did know about the cheating and didn't understand why I was staying. Um, even though I kept saying like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a situation you will never understand until you're actually in that situation. And I, at the time was very much, I very much believed that he could change and I thought he would change. Um, and it got to a point where some of them left me because they didn't agree with my decisions um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't always reach out because I was embarrassed. And like, I also was just isolating myself. Like I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't get myself out of that hole. Yep. And you mentioned that your friends, so they knew about the cheating. Did they also know about the sexual abuse side of it? No, I have never actually told anyone that side of it. No. So in that situation, you just went through that yourself. So was there any, like, apart from people in your life, you know, were there any, I guess, services, anything that you, like any resources that you reached out to, to try to, you know, to talk to about these things or just to try to get help? Well, like, I, I try to see counselors at, on campus, but like almost every university, those kind of services are disappointing and incredibly hard to get an appointment. So I didn't see anyone. Um, I'm sure there were plenty of resources available, but I mean, like, 
at the time I didn't classify it as sexual abuse. It's only recently now that I've like, now that I'm working through a recent situation that I've now reflected on my past situations and kind of been like, Oh, that's what that was like. Oh, putting a name to actual, to like these things that have happened. And you also mentioned that, you know, a lot of time you didn't reach out to your friends and you were isolating yourself. So was that you just, you know, removing yourself or was that, you know, was he also trying to isolate you from your friends? I don't think he, at least I, I yeah, I don't think he actively tried to isolate me from my friends. Um, I think it was more of a, it was more of my own decision. Like, I mean, put aside the relationship, I was also dealing with depression and anxiety and everything. And one of the things that happens to me when I really do hit rock bottom is I, I tend to keep to myself quite a bit, yep. especially if like they don't really know everything that's happening. It's kind of hard for me to start talking about it. And yeah. Yeah, no, thank you for that. The reason I ask is because, you know, from a lot of the conversations I've had, a lot of the time you find that the abusers tend to, you know, try to isolate you from the people in your life and like, you know, your friends and everything. Yeah. And that um, way you're, you know, a lot more dependent on them. Yeah. Well, like one of the other reasons that also prevented me from reaching out to other people is that, I mean, this was my partner at the time. This was someone I thought I could confide in in anything that was happening in my life. So, I mean, whenever I tried to, tried to, like his reaction would, would make me feel invalidated or like a burden or just not something that he would want to hear or care about. And for a very long time, I wouldn't open up to people simply because I didn't want to feel like that again, regardless of if you were my friend or not. Hmm. Like, I, I just didn't want to feel like that again. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Also, you then mentioned like when you finally left that relationship, you were nothing like, you know, your previous self. I want to ask, so what was the final straw for you in that relationship? Like what what finally, you know, gave you the courage and made you decide enough is enough. I'm going to take myself out of this situation. When did I actually leave that relationship is a question. I think it was the start of last year when I officially cut all like communications and stuff with him. By then, I, I just, I had become completely numb to everything. I didn't care if he was cheating on me. Um, I was just this angry person all the time. I, I just didn't care. And for anyone that knows me, one of the things <laughs> I'm known for is caring. And I, I don't know, I just had a moment of really reflecting on the fact that like, I'm the person that I always told myself I'd never be. I'm doing things that I told myself I'd never do. And I didn't like where this was going. And I knew that if I kept, if I kept doing this to myself, I don't think I would survive the next few years. I don't think I'd make it through the rest of my life. And you also mentioned that, again, one of the reasons that you started thinking about these previous experiences is because of, you know, a recent experience. Is that something that you can talk to us about? Yeah, so last year I was seeing someone for, like, about six months. Um, And then, like, early October, we were together we had dinner 
we'd gone to sleep. Um, and he got a call in the middle of the night and couldn't go back to sleep afterwards. And he wouldn't stop touching me, despite me saying no. Um, and it just got more aggressive and it got to the point where he tried to penetrate me. And I, I finally managed to push him off and say no. Um, and then when I confronted him about it later on, he his excuse was that I didn't use a safe word and that like he he his 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 exact words were I apologize for making you feel uncomfortable and I'll strive to do better. Um what? Yeah. <laughs> a safe word. Is that something you guys had spoken about previously? Like I mean the in the beginning there was there was a situation where he was trying to force himself and I kept saying no and he thought I was joking um and I got really upset because then he acted all mad about it and like yeah we came up with a safe word but I mean we haven't used that in ages and I didn't think I would have to use a safe word when I'm physically trying to push you away and I'm saying no over and over again um I don't I've never joked about that sort of stuff and I never would so I don't know why he got the impression that I was joking. Yeah. So did you um, leave that relationship after this particular incident that you just spoke about? Yeah. After that happened, like my reaction to it shocked me as well. Cause I didn't, I didn't understand why this particular situation is what finally broke me. Like I did not leave my room. I barely ate. My friend had to, <laughs> come and bring me food and it got to a point where I th I didn't feel safe not because of him but because of myself I didn't I knew that if I didn't leave I would have probably killed myself which is why I left to go to my parents in Turkey for like four months and then come back till earlier this year and like I, I just dropped everything, uni and all my other extracurricular stuff. So yeah. And that was probably one of the hardest discussions I've had to have with my parents as well. So And was that the first time your parents were finding out about, about all these things that were happening? I have not told them about everything, just about that recent situation. And how did they react to it? How did they take it? Well I mean my dad was furious. My mom obviously was hurt but I think she I expected her to react more strongly than my dad but she was a lot more understanding a lot more supportive my dad just went into protective mode which I mean I understand as well but uh yeah 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 and yeah you did just talk about how you know that broke you and you had to go to your parents like what other effects did going through these experiences have on you? Um, well, like, I go into one of the things, <laughs> I don't know, one of the different reactions I get because of my past experiences is, like, when anyone grabs my arm, regardless of whether or not you're a friend or stranger or anything, I immediately go into a panic attack like it it really 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 scares me um yeah. and I don't I don't like to admit that I'm a little more scared when I'm meeting 
people that I like, especially men that I don't know, but I am a lot more scared than I used to be. Um, I'm a lot more paranoid when I'm out and about. Yeah. I'm just overall a lot more scared. And I don't, I don't like that because it makes me feel vulnerable. It makes me feel helpless. And I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. And um, have you had any other relationships since the last one, since your last situation? No. Yeah, I'm single. (laughs) There's no one in my life. (laughs) Yeah. And um, just in terms of those effects and, you know, you said the whole thing of, you know, going into a panic panic attack when someone grabs you out. Is that something, like, have you, like, ever, I guess, looked into, you know, therapy you know being seeing if there's anything that you need to be diag- diagnosed of or like have you looked into those resources i am i am um seeing a counselor right now actually um and she's super lovely she's helping me work through it all um she works at the canberra rape crisis center which they've been really like supportive and really lovely about it all and yeah we've just been working through it all and it's been great um and like she's also helping me work through like my anxiety and and depression which is also great um i am on medication too uh which does help me get through the day um but yeah she would probably classify this as post-traumatic stress yeah which i mean I, i i didn't really put a name to it previously until now so yeah and that's that's exactly what i was asking because again from your description it sounds like you know ptsd and um you did mention yeah the canberra rape crisis center but initially when you were speaking as well you spoke about the counselors on campus you know being disappointed Mm -hmm. what like in what way like can you please can you talk more into that and also like what could be better well like with my first relationship with like my three-year relationship, I was at the University of Cape Town for a while. Um, And unfortunately, South Africa does have a major um, situation when it comes to gender-based violence. And you would think that they would have uh, the resources available for students 24-7, but they don't. You have to, it it takes weeks to see a counselor. (laughs) And with here at A&E, like they'll have walk-in sessions that are 30 minutes, um, which is great if you are like, if you have a crisis right there and then and you do need to talk to someone, but if you are someone that needs to work through something, 30 minutes is not going to be enough. And it's definitely not helpful if you have to wait like three weeks to several months before you see, you see another one. So, um, yeah, it's it's just it's not helpful. Yeah. And then if you go outside it's expensive. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so in terms of like the on campus, you know, facilities, what like what do you think they need to do better besides again the whole thing of availability? Um put, well yeah, I mean like the biggest thing is not having enough staff members on board. So actually redirecting your funding to making sure that that's not a problem. But also another issue that I've been hearing quite a bit is that a staff member aren't diverse enough to kind of deal with different issues. So 
for example, there are not a lot of people of color psychologists. And a, a, a problem with that is that they can't, often they can't really sympathize if you're coming from an ethnic family and there are certain things that they may not understand because obviously they're not from an ethnic family. Yeah. So they don't understand when a cultural factor comes in and is affecting your health, your, your mental health. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely does. Yeah. No, thank you for that. And um, I guess my next question is, and you have, you know, touched on it, where it's basically just your healing process and what life is currently like. Right now, it's very, not lonely, but I am alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I I have a really great bunch of friends that have been really supportive um, three of which know what's, well, they don't really know much about my past, but they do know what happened recently and they've been really supportive. And I've got my sister who's just the best. And I don't think I would have made it as far as I did without her. And yeah, I think just taking it day by day and just not trying to be too hard on myself if I can't get up the one day or if I just don't feel okay the one day not being so hard on myself and also learning to talk about it I think also, like also being aware of who I talk to um but I think that's just me protecting myself but like talking about it actually helps it kind of feels like a weight's been lifted off my chest when I talk about it so yeah yeah, not being afraid, to, trying to f battle that fear of like people hurting me when I open up to them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, again, like you've said, the fear of, you know, people hurting you when you open up to them and just basically all the, I guess, mental and psychological effects from your previous um, encounters and, you know, experiences mm -hmm. going into a new relationship. That's something that obviously would play a bit like would play a part. Mm -hmm. So what is some advice that you would give to anyone who was, you know, who is currently in a relationship with a survivor of sexual abuse or who is trying to build a relationship with someone who is a survivor? Be patient. Um, I don't think we, I, well, at least for me, I, I would never expect my partner to have the answer to all my problems. And I don't, I don't, I don't want you to, feel as if you need to fix my problems um mm. nor do i want you to feel as if my problems are a burden i think just being understanding and just being supportive even if it's just listening i i think people underestimate how much listening really helps um but yeah just be patient just be patient mm. i think obviously if if i'm in a relationship with you i i not only care about you but i also like i'm I'm in the process of bettering myself of being a person that I'm happy to be like proud of. And I'm like willing enough to have you along with me on that journey. Like I'm sharing a part of myself that I would never share with anyone else. So yeah, yep. be patient. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. And my final question is what advice would you give to other people who are in a similar, similar situation as you, or, you know, I people who are currently going through that situation? I remember one of the, biggest things I was dealing with and I, I sometimes do now 
is that after the recent situation, I felt really guilty for not reporting it. Because someone close to me had um, kind of, like, I understood they were trying to protect me. But um, they told me that it would it would be my fault if I didn't report it, if, if another girl got hurt. Um, which yeah, no. fucked me up big time. <laughs> and I, I still do feel guilty, but I, I know that, uh, like... I have my reasons for not reporting it. Um, so yeah, just it's okay if you choose not to report it. It's okay if you choose to block it out. It's okay, like whatever you need to do to survive, whatever you need to do to make it through the day, it's okay. Like there's no right answer to fixing what you've gone through. And yeah. realizing that it's it's a process and it's kind of trial and error as well. You kind of figure out what works for you, what is best to get you to a place that you're happy with. Yeah. No, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. And yeah, really great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. That is all for today, guys. Once again. I would like to thank Aisha for sharing her story with us. I hope this has been truly helpful to anyone in a similar situation. Please know that you were never alone. To listen to more episodes, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platform where you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Connected by Stories. Please share this if you know anyone who might benefit from it. If you have a story you would like to share, please feel free to reach out to me through Instagram or anonymously through Curious Cat or the website. The link will be in the description. See you in the next episode of Connected by Stories.